Alright, let's make it happen. There's no way to avoid that. Just lean into it. One, two, ready. Welcome to the other ministers, the podcast, the live stream in our church's internal Facebook group, where the other ministers in your church who are not the senior pastor, the lead pastor, the teaching pastor, the whatever else you call it, um, get together and have a podcast. We talk about life. We talk about church. We talk about not church. We talk probably more than is good for us about sports. Um, but hey, it's postseason baseball. It's not going to talk about itself. So <laughs> let's get to it. My name is Joseph. I'm the worship pastor here at our church in Central Florida called the Foundry Church. Uh, joining me, as always, our church's digital pastor and the voice of the Lakeland Magic, Hank Taylor. It's good to be here. <laughs> I've got a good streak going of introducing you right as you were. <laughs> Either eating or drinking something. Either that or I have a bad streak of just being <laughs> hungry or thirsty at the total wrong time. Either awesome. way, great to be here. <laughs> uh, also joining us, our church's family life pastor, Hunter Mertz. Hello, hello. Good to see you, Hunter. Um, it has uh, been a busy weekend. Yeah? Yeah. Have, have you recovered? You had, what, probably 14, what did I hear, 14 hours over... Yeah, luckily Two I days. didn't have to be there quite the whole time, but okay. it was definitely there for five hours probably each day. Each day, yeah. Five or six outside running around with kids. I'm surprised that we all actually made it into the office today, if I'm honest. Really? Yeah. Oh. I half expected, you know, we, the hunters only been here, what, a couple of weeks? We put them through the ringer this week <laughs> with two, yeah. like, huge things. Yeah. I have expected them to be like, I'm taking a day. Hmm. I yeah. think the morning I came in a, a little late, slept in some. Oh, what's that like? It was nice. Sleeping until you wake up of your own accord. Oh, still was not that. <laughs> that <laughs> sleeping until I wake up my own accord is like anywhere between 11.30 and 2.30. Oh, wow. Yeah, I slept hard last night. I was having a weird dream when I woke up. Yeah? Yeah. I wish anything I could anything really worth remember. sharing? I, I wish I could really remember the details. <laughs> I felt like I get, was back in high school. Get that just a little, a little, a little closer higher. to it. Yeah. yeah. I felt like I was back in high school, like on a church retreat, but it, it, there was just a lot of things happening. Yeah. Lots of people that I was like, you are a random person to be in my dream today. <laughs> I don't know how you ended up in here, but I was like, it, good to see you. Good to see some of you people again. Yeah. Um, I am dragging a bit um, because... Yesterday, Saturday was an up early day, which is not normally an up early day, but I was up at five for the 5K, which we did this weekend uh, to be able to get out there and get a, a tech stuff set up for that. And then Saturday night was the first game in the National League Championship Series. And so I made the determination if it's, if it's over, win or lose, by like 10.30. 11 o'clock. I'm going to just go to bed and I'll just read about it the rest of it in the morning because I had to get up early. I get up at five on Sundays and yesterday was an especially busy Sunday. Um, so the, the Braves and the Dodgers go to the ninth inning tied two to two 
I'm like, oh, great. Got to stay up for that. Got to stay up. So uh, that game ended probably 11, 15, 11, 20. And uh, then, I, you know, I had to, like, read a book. I always read a book anyways a little bit before bed, but I had to, like, had to come down a little bit because it was exciting. The Braves won uh, with a walk-off. And then last night I was like, like, game starts a little bit earlier. It was, like, 7.30 instead of 8 o'clock, the game, the game time. And same thing. I'm like, if it's over one way or the other. So at one point the Dodgers went up 4-2. to two, in like the sixth inning. And I went, okay, that's, I'll just, I'll, I'll read about it tomorrow. Because it was after 10 already. Yeah. So then as I'm like uh, getting ready for bed, I'm brushing my teeth, I, I open up the MLB app just to look at the score, and it's 4-4 four to four going into the bottom of the ninth. Oh, no. So I'm like, well, uh, obviously I'm not going to bed now. Yeah. So I sat on the side of our tub in the bathroom and watched on my phone. Uh, another walk-off hit in the bottom of the ninth. Braves are up 2-0 in the series. That's a great feeling. That's why I tell me something good. Yeah. I'm jumping ahead because it's just that good. But, yeah, so all that to say, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty tired today. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> it was I'm a sure. busy weekend. Uh, a lot going on, and I've been staying up past my bedtime uh, to watch postseason baseball. But like I said, it's not going to watch itself. It's not. It's not. Somebody's got to do it. Those kind of wins, if you can get those and get enough of those, like that definitely helps this time of year. So yeah. to be able yeah. to squeak a couple out, get you in a good, get you in a good spot. Agreed. Agreed. Well, let's uh, let's speaking of good things. Speaking of the Braves playing well, let's move on to. Tell me something good. I feel like since I already, I already talked about this, I already did a tell me something good. I jumped the gun because I was that excited about it. I'll share something not good. <laughs> do we need to replay the song? Just yeah. to balance things out. Yeah, we can do like a, I don't know, still playing a little bit. We can, we can do like, tell me something. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Tell me that you Hate it. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Watch now we'll get pink. Yeah, yeah, watch. Now yeah. Rufus and Shaka Khan will come calling. No, uh, this morning I scraped. I'll see if it, it'll show up on camera. I scraped my knuckle. Ooh, ouch. Oh, I wonder if I can zoom in here. Probably not. Oh, no, no, yeah, it's not that important. I, I don't know when it happened. I think I was running around like crazy with the kids trying to get them out the door this morning. I'm scraping my knuckle. But it's all good. Yeah. Braves won. They're up 2-0. Going to L.A. Today's a travel day. Three games in L.A. Winning both games at home means that the series... Um, you just got to get two out it, there. Well, it, and it means it can't end in L.A. unless we win it. Yeah. It means that the Dodgers will not be able to clinch at home. This is familiar territory for Braves fans. Last year, uh, the Major Leagues did Major League Baseball did a playoff bubble, <coughs> um, a la the NBA bubble. And so we played the Dodgers in the National League Championship Series. They were the home team, meaning they were the home team. Like, they, they had home field advantage, meaning they were the home team four out of seven games. But we won the first two, uh, then ended up up 3-1, and then they won three straight to win the series. So we're not, we're not counting any chickens before they're hatched here. But we're excited. It's good to have actual home field advantage. That's my tell me something good and my tell me something terrible. Because I don't know if you, if you do this much or if you've ever done it, but just like scraping a knuckle. Yeah, it's right on then, the bend. Oh, it's just... It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. It's the I'm worst. Sorry. It's all good. 
Um, Hunter, tell me something good. The Winter Springs Art Festival was this last weekend, um, yesterday and the day before. Kudos to you and your team. You guys did an excellent job. Yeah, I excellent was job. thoroughly impressed by um, how many kids showed up and how many people showed up. Uh, we were told to expect like 100 kids over the weekend. We had probably over 300 um, wow. kids. Uh, just I'll have to do a better estimate count based off of our <laughs> surprise, but um, low-balling, it was like 310. So um, it wow. was awesome. So super, uh, super excited about how that went. Super grateful for all of the volunteers that came out and helped. Um, and super thankful for the art festival for letting us be there. Yeah. Um, and there were, and there were people volunteering that I don't think I recognized. Yeah, we had... Were those all Foundry people? Um, we had about half and half. So okay. the Winter Spring, there were some high scores um, that came, mostly high scores, some adults that came from the Winter Springs Art Festival, that volunteer pool that came over and helped us out. And then we had some from our church as well. That's awesome, man. It's great. Yeah, you guys did most of the stuff like on the two days. I mean, I, I know I worked on it with them, like getting all the promo and stuff ready, the signs and stuff that were going to be out there and banners and all that. But you guys were like the boots on the ground. Like you guys were, you guys did good stuff. And I came, I came out on a Saturday night for the dinner. <laughs> I came out to that. Boots on the ground at the right time. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was there at the right time for that, to be sure. And to, you know, hobnob a little bit. But uh, no, it was, no, it turned out great. Yeah, it was it, definitely exhausting just being out in the, the heat, luckily, yesterday wasn't quite as warm, but uh, still a little warm. Uh, even yesterday was fantastic. But yeah, it was. You guys went out, didn't you? Yeah, we went out. Yeah, we saw after your sermon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we went out and had and had lunch, and then just walked over. We had lunch at the town center right there, and um, I was uh, just uh, you know music person. I was there was that jazz trio that was playing yeah. while we were there. I don't know how long they played for, but they were really good. They were like guitar trombone and um vibraphone which was just was pretty cool yeah and i think the trombone player was was picking up different things too because I, I feel like i heard a bass at one point i feel like i heard a couple other instruments in there it was kind of fun yeah it was so great being next well it got a little loud sometimes next to the stage but for the most part it was so cool to get to see all of the talent that came through a uh, saturday was really focused on like, kids um we had a great location through. yeah great location yeah yeah it was so cool to see the other um companies and businesses and and groups that focus on kids in the community whether singing or dancing or um all types of different things but to have them kind of showcase how great these kids are. That was so cool on, on Saturday. And then Sunday mm -hmm. was mostly adults and had some really cool, unique um, instruments and combinations up there. Yeah. Uh, ended with a saxophone player um, that evening, which was phenomenal. It was just, it was great all around. It was so good to be part of the community um, in such a an uplifting way. Did the saxophone player end with Careless Whisper? He didn't end with, I don't think he ended with it, but I okay. I did hear it. All right, cool. I dig that. Wow, yeah. I I really loved the crafts that were available for kids to do at the at okay. the kids tent. Like uh Benjamin, uh, my son really loved like decorating the flower pot 
and was yeah. very excited to, to do. I don't understand how the seed thing works. It looked like a piece of felt. To yeah, me. it was seed paper and the seeds are woven, printed somehow into the paper yeah. that's supposed to compost like in Atri. So it's food slash storage at the same time. It was really that's cool. That's crazy. Yeah, well, we're, we we did one with him, and then our daughter wanted to do one too, and so while I was coloring with crayons, I was trying to help complete one of those, and I didn't I didn't get to finish. They were like, "Okay, we're ready to go," and I was like, "I, I'm only I'm like half going, I'm only like halfway done with my crayons here. What are we doing?" Uh, but anyways, so we we took two of those home and put them with with the rest of our stuff on our back porch and. That'll be exciting. Do, they do we grow. know what they are, the seeds? There was six or seven different options scattered mm-hmm. throughout the seed packet. But are, are they so it was, flowers? Are they it herbs? was flowers okay. specifically. Gotcha. Um, generally, right. flowers can be a little easier than yeah. herbs or vegetables to grow. Mm-hmm. And um, Flower medley. You're going to get a surprise. Yeah. So we're just go. crossing our fingers, hoping that they actually work, and that there was actually seeds in those paper packets. <laughs> So uh, we could have maybe just sent like random pieces of paper home with just a bunch of of bunch of compost. Yeah, (laughs) that's funny. Oh, Hank, tell us something good. The NBA season starts tomorrow. That's great. We love that. We love that. It's actually the two great games tomorrow night. Uh, 7.30 and 10, 10 o'clock. I'm probably trying to catch most, if not all, of both of these. Uh, Brooklyn Nets and uh, Champs from last year, Milwaukee Bucks, will play early, and the Warriors and the Lakers will play late. So that'll be – those will be two good games. That's a good start. Um, Magic did, will play Wednesday on the road and then Friday for the first time at home. Cool. I'm trying to see if I can go on Friday. That would be That would be great. You know the the classic holiday song is um, it, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Yep, meaning the Christmas season, and I understand why why people might think that. Like I get it. Yeah, yeah. But the most wonderful time of the year is October, because you have postseason baseball, and you have regular season football, college football, NBA it's starting. NBA. I'm not I'm not so into basketball, uh, but the NBA is there. Hockey. Just started. Yeah, you. October is like a sweet spot where you can get pretty much every major sport happening the, the, all at the same time. The Ryder Cup was like two weeks ago. Yeah, one of the biggest events in golf. Um, I think NASCAR is still going. I don't know when their season ends. I'm not a huge NASCAR fan either. But yeah, it's this is the most wonderful time of the year, particularly if you're a sports fan. Yeah, and Hall- Halloween's at the end of the month. Yeah, and if you like anywhere. But here in Florida, it's starting to be cool, <laughs> and all the season, the the colors are changing from the season. Like, yeah, we we got down into the low mid sixties last night. It was it was, yeah. it was nice, very yeah. pleasant outside. Yeah, we spent most of the afternoon and evening outside playing with neighbors in the cul-de-sac. So good. yeah, the seasonal starts, and I'll add to it <clears throat> with the season starting. We gotta we gotta bring it up. We gotta talk about it. It's last night. Was the fantasy basketball draft? Oh, uh, okay. So we're going for we're going for our three Pete, three Pete. Everybody who's listening, <laughs> <clears throat> hold on a second. You, I, I don't know how much, if at all, you listened to the podcast before you came here, but Hank won last year outright. Won outright, yeah, last year. The year before was apparently contested because the win was 
By it, point, that was during the co- that was right when COVID hit. So our the fantasy because when the oh, basketball yeah, season ended, ended yeah. or pause, that was when the fantasy season ended. And I was in first place when we ended. And because it didn't start back up again, the way that it works, well, the way that it worked was they said, you know, whoever is, you know, we're just going to score it as if the season ended that day. And so whatever your ranking was, was the place that you were. So I was first. I won. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was very hotly contested. So much contested, in fact, that the person who had won before the year before, my friend Will, who's a listener, he uh, he had we have a trophy that we pass around, that we mail to each other, that I made from the thrift store too. from a candle stand and an old basketball that I spray painted gold. I it's in that. it's in my office. Uh, but he would not mail me the trophy after that season. So did you have to make uh, like a new one, like half the size since it no, was I half went the without. season? Or? I went without. Hank deprived himself. I deprived and, himself. But then and. I got it this year. Now what I, now that I won outright, now I, now I actually do have it. But if memory serves, Will's win the previous year was at least as contested as your win was. Uh, maybe not. It was It was also contested. That year we ended in a tie, but because oh. he was he had a better regular season than me, he won on, on a tie. So I feel like if he can win on a tie, I can win when a pandemic strikes and ends our season early. But no, I couldn't, I couldn't win in that situation. So. Listen, ni- 1994, Major League Baseball went on strike. The Braves were in first place when that happened. We we still were awarded a division championship, so your your championship in 2020 should not be contested. Should not should not that's, be contested. That's my so, stance. So uh, so yeah, I'm going for my three peat now. Uh, we we were able we retained most of my team going into we we actually have it where we keep pretty much we have keeper spots for pretty much the whole roster, but we've been expanding the rosters year over year. So there are always everyone should have at least two empty spots to draft to draft on so we've kept pretty much everybody i uh was able to grab you know grab grab some grab some good guys with my picks i didn't have i didn't have anybody stolen from me which usually happens um but i did have to wait like 50 picks before i got to pick my first pick because a lot of people just were like we're gonna try to scrap as many guys as possible to try to get you know as many rookies or young guys or retool or whatever so it was it was it it's an interesting that many people in your league are in rebuilding mode there's there's quite a (laughs) bit there's quite a bit so uh yeah so uh no but we we had we had a good night last night mason and i who also is a listener we talked about we talked a little bit about it or strategy was we have a good game are you guys co-managing we are yeah okay sweet yeah we we started off co-managing and then when we had a vacancy he took over somebody else for like a season or two and did it by himself mm-hmm. but then he didn't he find that as fun as us doing it together so then when we had uh, more people interested we he wanted to come back and be with me so that's cool gave, yeah so we're back together again uh, if you guys need or want somebody to just take up a spot in the league and be terrible and be everybody's punching bag, I, I guess I could do that. We already have a couple of those. We're trying okay. to not have as many of those. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's usually my role in fantasy leagues is I'll uh, about two weeks in, I'll go, this is a lot of work. I'm just not going to do this anymore. I Yeah, the basketball one is a lot of work because unlike football where you're in, you know, 
we do a daily format where you're, wow. you know, stuff's happening every day. Yeah. Where in football you have, you know, a Thursday night, a Monday night, mostly on Sunday. But we, yeah, we're looking at lineups, transactions, stuff every day. So it's... Uh, That's how baseball is. It's a lot. Yeah. About every five years, I'll go, you know what, man, I'm going to do it this year. And I'll, and I'll go through a whole season. I've done baseball, too. It's, like, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. You know, like pitching, d- depending on how many pitchers you put on your team, you can kind of set and forget pitchers and just monitor injuries. Yeah. But, man, the batting lineups, like you're looking at you're looking at this batter versus the pitcher who's projected to start their game. You're looking at, you know, how they've done over the last two weeks. You're looking at injuries, like all that stuff. It's a lot. I pretty much, I try to do, yeah, like a, a week's out at a time I try to set and then just sort of monitor. And, you know, mm-hmm. I have the people in mind who I'm like, you know, who I'm streaming, who, you know, I might use for a stretch and then drop and then get somebody else and rework yeah. things. So that's kind of my, that's my approach. Hunter, do you do any fantasy sports? I did like one season of football back in high school maybe they hmm. did some with at the church and the youth group but yeah fantasy sports is so interesting to me i could talk about it like all the time <laughs> because it was very interesting to me the the people who were like oh i love fantasy football or fantasy baseball or fantasy basketball but like i hate things like pokemon that's so nerdy but it's basically <laughs> the exact same thing yeah it's you know yeah. it's I'm I'm doing a new thing for me this year. Uh, one one of our friends here at church, in fact, a friend of the podcast. He he's the one who brought us a uh, USB C. To get in, it probably is. He uh, he brought us that USB C to Ethernet uh, adapter. And um, uh, Wes Quinn, he he does a um, a pick'em league. It's like an office football pool. Oh, okay. Thing, which I had never done before. So is so, that college football pick them? Well, so he's as the commissioner, he picks sixteen games every week, eight college, eight pro, and he's devious about it because what what he likes to do is he he knows who we all root for. So he especially if there's a matchup where, like for instance, this week Georgia, the the line that you had to pick against was Georgia plus 24 and a half or Georgia minus 24 and a half. So basically Georgia's expected to w- beat Kentucky by 25 points. So he loves to put us in the position where there's a crazy mismatch like that and, and make us pick against our team. So I had to pick Kentucky in the league this week and I, and I won it cause they only won by 17 points. Georgia did. So like Kentucky covered the spread. So I, I get a point for that. Yay. By picking against my team. And he does that. He'll he'll never do that with his own team, but he does it with he does it with the rest of our teams. That's an that interesting. Like. That's an interesting it's, game. It's there. head games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. likes to do head games. So uh, we're joined now for those of you who are only listening to this by our church's lead minister, Seth Kane. Seth, welcome home. Well, hello. You're gonna have to get a little closer than that, I think. You can adjust that microphone up. Hello. That'll help you out a little bit. Hello. <laughs> We set it as low as we could to be the most inconvenient. I was just going to make a joke about how you always have microphone troubles. I do. I do. (laughs) I do. Um, User error. Welcome back from your trip. Hey, thanks, man. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch the sermon yet, but I I said at the beginning of the message, I was like, you know, obviously I'm not Seth. Seth is not here this week. He's away on his second 
uh, once in a lifetime trip <laughs> this year. I got a laugh out of Tiffany. She was like, "That's pretty funny." <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was there was a murmur in yeah. the room. It was good. That's funny. I mean, I wasn't telling people, but I guess uh, everyone knows. That. Everyone knows that I did something. Yeah, I was gonna make up something like uh, you were gonna lie. My my second <laughs> my second aunt's. Uh, what's it called? Uh, like ferret died or something, and so I had to attend the funeral of my second aunt's. Second did I ferret. did I did I blow up your spot? I didn't I didn't mean to like. No, I didn't no, think it no. was like just, secret. No, secret. No, you just forced no. him to be truthful. No, it's <laughs> always an inconvenience. I held him accountable. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, whoops. I'm sorry. So I didn't. I I, I said nothing. I <laughs> uh, I didn't. I haven't. I haven't watched yet. All right. Yeah. Well, let's move on and talk about <laughs> this <laughs> week's <laughs> message. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a few thoughts about it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so basically, I'm hearing Seth is just. Can we mute his mic for this next section? <laughs> uh, we can, but that would be weird. Uh. Like most things in my life, I've become pointless. <laughs> um, well, this week was not part of a series. It was a bridge week at our church, kind of between uh, the Telios series we just finished and the Uncommon series we're starting. What were we going to call it? I forgot. Uh, atypical. 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 Only on Netflix. Only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, uh, Third season coming soon. Back out yeah. a little bit out of that. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I decided to talk about the gospel, which um, I, I said this in the message, and I, I genuinely mean this. I have never struggled as much with a message, not on what to say and what not to say even, but just how to package it so that it didn't take an hour yeah. to talk about. <laughs> because uh, I, it, it hit me like Friday as I was just going like, I can't get this under 40 minutes. Um, and I was talking to Michelle and I was like, I, I think it's just because the best way to communicate what I'm trying to communicate is in a conversation. Hmm. And so just having that conversation be one-sided, it just is inherently kind of a shot in the foot at what I was trying to do. <laughs> but, you took on a huge deconstructive task. Like it, this is paradigm shifting like discussions that, that you were trying to have. But like you said, uh, yeah, it was a one-sided discussion. Just, yeah. So you had trouble getting it under the time that it was supposed to be? No, eventually I nailed it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. We were only like four minutes over or something on the, on the day. <laughs> no, um, it just was, there, there were, the, the what not to say was, uh, w- was a big one this week. Just going like, okay, what can I cut out without losing something important? Well, then what's on your cutting room floor? Yosef. Romans Road. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had these couple of examples of, like, bad ways we do evangelism. So this is stuff that didn't make it into the sermon. Yeah. Yeah. Like? Romans Road. Well, which is? Um, well, yeah, for, for anyone who may be unfamiliar, it's um, six parts of verses from the book of Romans mm-hmm. that tell the story of how we're all dirty sinners who deserve death. Yeah. Emphasis on parts of verses. Like yeah. It's like... So like literally it's, it's Romans three twenty three, which begins and ends with dot, dot, dot. Mm. Cause that verse is 
part of a sentence that's at least three verses long. Oh, okay. Um, Romans 6.23a, which is just the first phrase of Romans 6.23. Romans 5.8, which is at least a complete sentence all by itself. Um, but not a complete thought. Not a, a complete thought, just a complete sentence. And then you go back and pick up the second half of Romans 6.23. It's Romans 6.23b. Hmm. Uh, and Romans 8.1 which again is a complete sentence, but not a complete thought on its own. And then Romans 10, nine, which is well, what, what part, are they in part their, of a sentence. In their, what are they in their partiality? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's step one. For the wages of sin is death. That's step two. So you're basically, you're trying to get people to understand and to admit, yeah. I'm a sinner, sin deserves death. But God proves his own love for us in that while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's four. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's five. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Six. And of course, just like the stuff with the Gospels and what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15 about the Gospel is saving the Corinthians, this is not... There's, there's not even anything in Romans Road that is specifically hell-related. So the whole thing of, like, the wages of sin is death. We, in our context, add eternal death in hell mm. to that phrase. Mm-hmm. That's not even there. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, when I was growing up, I had that in my Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, probably when it was, like, high school, I think, maybe. I had somebody give me a Bible for my birthday, which had my name engraved on it. And then I had that Romans road. I wrote it out on the inside of my Bible with all the verses highlighted in the Bible. So that if I ever had to evangelize to somebody, I would, that's how I would, how I'd go through it. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's, that's deeply ingrained into yeah. many folks. Yeah, I, I mean that one. The, the other one, I was I was gonna have a visual um, with. Uh, the, do you remember? Did you guys ever know the ticket to heaven illustration? No. no, I don't think so. So you can you can fold a regular eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper into this little shape, and then you're you're telling a story. Um, as you do this, I was gonna tell a story about Bill. Um, you know, we'll call him Bill who uh, there, there began to be a change in his life and he was less angry and he didn't cuss as much. And he, you know, he started like saying no when people offered him beer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he had this friend, um, we'll call him Ted, you know, and uh, they, they were in a band together. And um, did they have adventures? Ted, well, yeah. So Ted, Ted noticed this change in Bill and he asked Bill about the change and Bill said, well, you know, I gave my life to Jesus. I asked Jesus into my heart and now I have a ticket to heaven. And he shows him the ticket. Mm-hmm. And Ted's like, well, so if I have a, if, if you have a ticket to heaven, you get to go to heaven when you die. And Bill's like, yeah. And Ted's like, well, I don't, I don't have a ticket to heaven. Can I have part of yours? And Bill says, well, I don't, I don't think that's how it works, but we'll try it. So he, he cuts off a little piece and he set that aside. And then a little while longer, um, Ted says, well, Bill still has so much of his ticket, and I've just got this little scrap. Maybe he'll give me some more. So he asks again, and Bill says, Ted, dude, I really don't really don't think that's how it works, you know? But okay. So he cuts off another piece. Uh, and then that very night, 
uh, Bill and Ted are killed in a tragic phone booth accident. <laughs> and <laughs> this is not excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's one more really good line in there. <laughs> and uh, so they're they're standing before God, and God says, "Tickets, please." And uh, Bill's just fearful because he's like, I had a ticket to heaven and I gave two thirds of it away to my friend. Like, okay. So he hands over and you take the biggest scrap of piece of paper and you unfold it and it's a cross. Mm. And God says, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and enter your eternal mansion. Mm. And Ted goes, whoa. (laughs) That was my best Keanu. (laughs) Ted goes, whoa, whoa. Like, Bill only had a third of a ticket, and he got this eternal mansion and glory. I've got two-thirds of a ticket. This is going to be all. So he hands God what he's got, and God opens it up, and it's all these little scraps that you arrange to spell out the word hell. Oh, my gosh. That's this illustration. And the, the you know, the... the the lesson that you're trying to yeah. teach someone as you evangelize them using this horrible evangelism tool mm. is you have to have your own personal relationship mm. with Jesus. It's mm. not enough to, mm. to, you know, to piggyback off somebody else's. Mm. And I just like, these are, these are things that I was taught Which is in, in a really great church. Like I'm not even yeah. like banging on the church I grew up in. Like it's interesting it's too, because the concept of the ticket is that you're piggybacking off somebody else paying for it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. but, but the, that's how. Yeah. <laughs> but the person piggybacking off the person piggybacking, they're they don't they don't get a ch- get a chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I made I made the joke uh, at one point, like the the same the same fear and dread that you here in this room and watching online felt when you heard me say that I might preach for fifty three minutes mm-hmm. about the gospel. That's the same fear and dread that our non Christian friends feel. <clears throat> when we walk them down Roman's road. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me tell you about Jesus. You got a, you got an eight and a half by 11 over there? <laughs> and some well, let me tell you about <laughs> my loving relationship with Jesus. You're hated because you're a terrible person. Like, there's just such dissonance yeah. in, in that approach. It just, it, like, when you step back and you think about it, you're like, okay, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But it's, mm-hmm. it's just become second nature to so many, so many ways of, of churches. Yeah. And the, the overall kind of thrust was like that idea of the gospel, that, that idea of sharing the gospel betrays the fact that for us, the gospel is salvation. It's, it's ticket to heaven. It's, um, get my sins forgiven so that I don't go to hell when I die. Transactional. Yeah. It, well, it's, it's transactional. It, it really, this is one of the things I, I didn't, say um, yesterday, but it really minimizes Jesus. It minimizes the Old Testament, right? If salvation is all that matters, you don't need the Old Testament. Hmm. Like you could completely cut that out. You don't need anything after the Gospels. Mm -hmm. Like you could shrink the entire Bible to just maybe even just one of the Gospels if salvation is the only thing that matters. But but of course, you know, I, I don't think it is. The only thing well, it also depends on how you talk about salvation. So That's like, true as well. For a lot of people, yeah. salvation is one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, one of my favorite teachers at Lipscomb talks about salvation as like six-dimensional, like the six different aspects to salvation, how Scripture talks about salvation. And so often we talk about one. Rattle two. off those dimensions right now without 
Uh, it's a Without three thinking by three about grin, it. Isn't, so six, it's, isn't, isn't, isn't six the devil's number? It's, <laughs> is it, uh, it's present, past. It's nine. Just kidding. This nine? <laughs> You're off by three? It's a, it's a three by three, so it's a, a personal. I'm never going to get saved then, am I? Because <laughs> Hunter forgot the dimensions. It's, a, it's personal, be communal, and cosmic. So there's a personal salvation, mm-hmm. there's a communal salvation, and there's a whole world salvation. And then it's past, present, and future. There's points where these have been... These salvation monuments have happened, Exodus, um, the crossing the Red Sea. There's the present aspects of the Holy Spirit walking in our lives uh, and our world changing. And there's a future tense um, of all of those that these mm. will be fulfilled. Um, but so often we're, we're tied to this future personal salvation of one day I will get to heaven. Mm. Um, and we miss out, well, what? Look what's already happened. Look, look what's happening around us right now. And look mm-hmm. what's happening in our community and in the world, which is why um, I think it was such a great telling to, to Seth's series of, of this wholeness, uh, yeah. that this, there's this completeness to it that we so often miss in, in our current, uh, in, in some people's current discussions of the gospel. Mm-hmm. I, I did notice, uh, I, told, I told you I watched like two minutes uh, before I had to do something else, but. There was something you said. I don't know where it was at in the message. I assume it was towards the beginning, but uh, you said something about the four different gospels. You said we think of the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel, and there's and you know there are four. Yeah. However you said it, I forget exactly how you said it, but it was like the four different gospels that are telling the story from different viewpoints or something. I, in my head, I kind of laughed because I was like, "That's really funny," because I think in the next series or the whenever we start connecting to the fourfold gospel stuff, his whole premise is it's one story with four chapters. I was like, oh, I'm about to get up and undo whatever Joe's trying to do right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Because the, the, point, the point I was making was uh, the early church didn't talk about the gospels. Right, right. They, they talked about the gospel, and they would have used any four of those and, and called it the same thing. Right. Like so it, I think... it wouldn't have been... Yeah, so yeah. like his premise is, yeah, it's it's one story with like four chapters in it or something. I was like, mm-hmm. well, all right, I guess. <laughs> I don't see that as like an undo. No, no, I just made me just laugh. A, yeah, it just made me laugh a little bit. Yeah. So what do you think, Hank? <clears throat> this keeps happening to me. I keep <laughs> having something right. I got some ice right when I get asked a question. I think Seth um, was watching. He was yeah, he waiting. probably was. He probably was. Um. Yeah, I, I, I love, I, I love what we got a chance to talk about and just to, yeah, sort of like what Hunter was saying, think about it, you know, it's this very one dimensional, very transactional thing for most people. So to be able to expand it and say, you know, all of it matters, you know, the, the, the relationship matters, how we, and, and a great, like we're saying, great dovetail to the series we were just in, <clears throat> A relationship with, with with each other those matter all that all that plays a part into uh into into that and it all speaks to and informs each other like yeah i just i mean everybody else already said well and i think too great like, stuff i mean I, I, the uh i think i mentioned this before but i think it was ray vanderland stuff that we've we used it for a class a while back but something stood out to me in one of his teachings about how everything was in the New Testament and and Old Testament, I guess, but the teachings of Jesus, it was always communal. 
And mm-hmm. so when a story was told, like when when they tell the story of the paralyzed guy that gets lowered in the roof through his friend by his friends and they can get up and walk and whatever, and Jesus, I think, doesn't Jesus say something about? Um, is that the moment where he says it's easier, which is easier to save, to tell somebody to walk or save somebody from their sins or something? And then he takes off running. Uh, how the people hearing that story or reading that story originally would be like that the paralyzed man is a picture of the nation of Israel. And so the salvation that was being offered was, was communal. It wasn't, it was never about the individual. Like it was always bigger. And then, so we've taken this thing that the original people would have seen as a collective and made it singular. And like you kind of said, minimized, minimized what the story is, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luke is where I normally turn to when I'm asked to like describe what the gospel is. Um, and I, I pull from which it's really calling back to, which I love the quote that you used from, was it um, Scott McKnight's definition of the gospel, that the mm-hmm. gospel is the saving story of Jesus as the uh, culmination and fulfillment of the story of Israel, which is so academic and, <laughs> and boring to mo- yes. pe- some people, but I, I love it because it, it it puts so precisely into words um, that this, what we see at the beginning of Luke as, as Luke's opening up his um, version of the gospel and his lens and um, talking about John the Baptist. He, he quotes from Isaiah and says, a voice of one calling from the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in and every mountain made high. Uh, oh, every mountain and hill made low, uh, the crooked ways shall be made straight and the rough ways smooth and all humanity will see God's salvation. And it starts with not an individual personal salvation, but all humanity, right? this mm-hmm. wholeness, this communal aspect, and even the description of it, right? every valley filled in and every mountain and hill made low, that's not really talking about the creation that we're just guys are going to come and push over some mountains. Um, but it's, it's describing the, the people uh, and it's describing those who are, are poor and lowly will be raised up. And those who are high and are stealing and the way of living, the way of life is stealing from those below them will be humbled uh, and made low. And there will be this unity and equality and, and mm-hmm. togetherness of everyone. And even when Jesus in the next chapter, when he comes and preaches, for the first time in his hometown, he said he again from Isaiah and talks about the spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to, to gospel to to the poor, to proclaim liberty liberty for the captives, recovery of sight for the blind, release the oppressed, and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And none of that is in the Romans road. None of that is mm-hmm. is these traditional ways of teaching. It's my gospeling, my, my good news is finding those who are marginalized, finding those who are poor, finding the valleys and raising those up. Um, and it's, I think it, for me, that has been a big shift on, on what, what Jesus actually came to do and what as Christians were then called to do mm-hmm. uh, as well. Yeah. It's interesting that like things like the Romans road to me, like such an oversimplification like it's worth i think getting getting deep into something as important as you know our relationship with you know our creator who cares about us 
all of us, you know, as, you know, as individuals, but all of us as, as a people. So like, you know, to, to, to diminish it, you know, as much as I feel like maybe that does to like simplify it. I mean, you totally understand, right? Like the, you know, you, you want, you know, the goal is, you know, you want to try to have a concise, simple message. Like that's marketing one one Like you want to be able to, you know, make it simple, make it easy, make it, you know, transfer, you know, repeatable, uh, to, to somebody else. But, uh, it's, 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 there's so much more than, you know, meets the eye. I think with those kind of things, it's worth exploring. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so was it last week that we talked about how, those tweetable moments and uh, yeah. society has yeah so <laughs> has whitewashed. Yeah. I had a there. conversation with this guy this weekend who he had done Bible college, uh, like when he was younger. He had served at a church briefly in kind of a youth role, and somehow kind of moved beyond that. And but he 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 knows his stuff pretty well, and uh, he's about my age, I think. And and so he was we just met and he was asking what I do and kind of told him and that sparked some conversation. And so throughout the weekend that we had these little interactions, you know, super great guy. Um, but he, he was kind of asking like, well, like what, what do you teach about? And I'm like, uh, well, it's, uh, it's kind of a long story, you know, like, and so I was trying to tell him, I just give him a brief intro to Telios and this. And then he's like, Oh, so you're like, like kind of a return to Adam sort of thinking. And I'm like, well, I mean, like maybe kind of, but like we're moving forward with that and the ministry of reconciliation. And I just found myself going, I, I need like a 10 week series to, to catch him up to speed. And to, Cause he, he was like, I think he grew up Southern Baptist maybe, but he kind of stepped away from that some, mm-hmm. but still a very kind of traditional mindset. And so <laughs> to not to know very little about the guy and to have this conversation and to try to like say, no, we're kind of in this different kind of way of thinking without w- trying to put that into a concise like Romans Road format it is, ve- is very difficult. Like, well, I think uh, it's even harder with people who who knows who know stuff. Yeah, and right. because you're like. They they have ways yeah. of thinking. You're like, no, I'm not that way. We're not that way. Of I'm thinking. like, we're well, there's quite... these four essential relationships, and we go back, and he's like, well, so what do you do with this? I'm like, uh, well, so it's like, okay, if you go back, and you, it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, was... so in in the Scott McKnight book that you know was the the source material for a lot of the message. There, there's one part towards the end where he like relates a story about I think it was a. a professor or something that he knew who when when somebody would say hey like what what's the gospel Mm -hmm. like like, tell me what the gospel is he would go well do you have an hour yeah you know and he would just walk through um the whole story from creation from the earth is created as this cathedral this temple um you know to to god and the last the last thing you would put into a temple in ancient times when you're dedicating the temple would be an an image of uh of the god so so god puts humans last in creation as icons right like we represent god we rule on his behalf we you know all this stuff um and they're very early on in the story genesis 3 humans begin to like usurp 
their role. So it's, it's about doing it our way instead of doing it God's way. It's about doing it for our glory instead of God's, you know, whatever language you want to put on that. And that then just the story over and over and over and over Cain and Abel, um, uh, their, their kids, uh, Noah, and you, you got all these like key figures like Noah, Abraham, Moses, where like over and over you see the, the opportunity to, to pass the test the way that Adam and Eve failed it. And you see failure after failure, after failure, after over and over and over again, people like step into the role of God in a way that we're not meant to all the way up to Jesus who, you know, one of the things I didn't get to talk about was like the, the wilderness experience Jesus had. So like in a salvation culture, like I grew up in Jesus temptation in the wilderness is a way to show you how to deal with temptation. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what it's there for. How to overcome sin. Yeah. It's when you're tempted quote scripture, mm-hmm. but if you're immersed in the story, then it jumps out at you. Number one, that Jesus is in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. There's a lot of parallels to Genesis three, right? Adam and Eve are tempted by the serpent. Um, Jesus is referred to as the new Adam, right? So, you, you know, you've got that whole thing, but also like he's in the wilderness 40 days. Israel was in the wilderness 40 years. He quotes not just any scripture. He quotes three times from Deuteronomy, which was written while the Israelites were in, or was given to the people while the Israelites were in the wilderness. And so it's just, just this crazy, like much better parallel, much better connection that happens with Jesus as stepping into the place of Israel who failed and holding firm and being obedient and all that kind of stuff. And it's like that, that kind of stuff to me is stuff that defining the gospel this way opens up, it, like it unlocks, because it doesn't just section all that stuff off into let let Bible college people worry about that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, this matters for all of us. Mm-hmm. And when you put it in perspective with, like we have this opportunity to, to live as we were supposed to in the garden of pointing the glory to God instead of to ourselves, the temptation of Jesus, I had it, heard it described once as this is, it's Jesus showing what type of king he is going to be, what type of yeah. God he's going to be, that the devil gives him this opportunity to use your powers for your own, um, for, for yourself. Turn this stone into bread. Use this to fulfill your own hunger. And Jesus says, no, I'm not going to use this for myself. Or... Um, What's the second one? The the kingdoms like bow down before everyone. No, I'm not going to use this to force everyone to bow down to me. This is not, I'm not using these powers to glorify myself or to raise myself up about, above everyone else. And I will use my powers for others because, and again, in Luke, he comes right out of that into quoting, I've come to, the spirit of the Lord is upon me too proclaim good news to the poor, not, not to force mm-hmm. myself higher on the, the ring of power, but to disperse that to, to those who the world has robbed that of. Uh, and it's Jesus saying, this is the type of king I will be. This is the mm-hmm. type of God I choose to be. And Matthew, Matthew records it as like right, right after that third temptation, the devil leaves him. Um, when Jesus hears that John is arrested, he goes, he leaves Nazareth and goes to Capernaum. 
And Matthew 4, 17 says, from that time on, Jesus began to proclaim, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And that, that was another one of those shifts for me, uh, kind of like this years ago when, I mean, it's, it's clear as day when you, when somebody points it out or when you notice it, but like that's Matthew four seventeen. Matthew five through seven is the sermon on the Mount. So it's like Jesus is, is always talking kingdom and within the context of that conversation, kingdom, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, all that kind of, so it's like, it, it gives context to everything else that Jesus is saying and doing. If you bring kingdom into it and what does kingdom matter outside of the story of Israel and the story of creation and like God's kingdom. So it's, I don't know, it, it all, it all fits together very well, uh, in ways that it didn't when it was just about personal salvation for me. Yeah. Let's move on to our next segment. Let's talk about this week. Um, my practical sort of takeaway, uh, as it pertains to this kind of thing for a while has been to re-engage, re recommit, uh, with like a, a, a regular scripture reading sort of thing. And I've gravitated over the years towards, uh, pre-selected texts, like a common prayer sort of thing. My, my youth minister, Derek, um, I think he tweeted, I think it was a tweet one time said he, he preferred, he, he had grown to prefer that because it put him in the position of, um, receiving the text rather than retrieving it. Uh, and I, I liked that because it dawned on me when I saw that, uh, my, my previous method of Bible study was, uh, well, I, I want to study the Bible about fatherhood. I want to study the Bible about this topic. I want to see what the Bible says about this. And so it was me approaching the Bible and going, here's what I want to know. Here's what I'm interested in. Here's what I think I need to hear. And, go, and I'm going to go find those things. I'm going to go find what somebody else says. The Bible says about those things. Um, but simply reading through the, the, like the, the daily and the weekly texts that were selected by who knows when, who knows where, um, people, but that are used by Christians all over the world. Um, again, puts, puts me in the position where some days I, I'm, I'm reading it and it has absolutely no bearing on what I may be feeling or thinking at that moment. And some days it hits like a ton of bricks, but it always puts me in the position of, uh, this is, this is outside of me. This is bigger than me. This is sort of coming to me rather than me like picking what I'm, what I'm interested in out of it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about the rest of you guys? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great thought. I just, you know, I, I, I feel like there's the, you know, you, we want to be able to, you know, share, about you know our faith our our life what we believe with other people um because we want 
you know, other people to, to experience what it is, what it is that we're experiencing. But I think a message like this just sort of reminds me that there's not, you know, there's not a formulaic solution to that. Hmm. And even more, and, and even more so it's, it's going to be, you know, a, a, as memorable as you try to make something like the Romans road to be, that becomes memorable for all the wrong reasons. What's w a lot more memorable are those relationships, those discussions, those moments with someone that you know and respect and have a relationship with that when you're in a moment of, you know, questioning or when you're most open, those are going to be the most formative moments to your faith and your understanding and all mm -hmm. that. So, um, when we think about, you know, gospeling, when we think about what that really is, what that should be, is it as much, you know, I'm going to, you know, memorize this sequence of words that is going to invoke, you know, you to, you know, make a change that is supposed to be the same for you and the next person and the next person and the next person. Or is it, you know, so much more about, you know, your your example, your response, your, you know, the way that you live your life, the way that you, you know, love other people, the way that you love your community and the world that you live in. I think those things gospel so much more than, you know, the canned, mm -hmm. you know, thing that you recite at someone to maybe make them change their mind, probably just make them more angry and, uh, or just make it way more awkward. Yeah, or awkward. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I said this yesterday, but one of the one of the things that occurred to me, like getting ready for this, was how, like, you know, in in Acts chapter two, Peter gives a fairly lengthy speech, followed by three thousand people joining the church, and uh, when when we try to do like a three minute little plan of salvation demonstration, illustration, like people just shuffle their feet and play with their car keys. Yeah. And it's like, those things are qualitatively different, you know, like yeah. the, the simple, you know, easy to remember plan of salvation versus the gospel as enunciated in Acts chapter two. Yeah. What's up? Seth hasn't listened to it yet. So. Yeah. Uh, so what I felt he like the was two minutes, the, so. <laughs> based on the two minutes I heard, uh... you want me to uh, jump in and save you? Sure. Um, or you can keep going. I'd love to hear what thought you had. I've got nothing. Um, Although I did think of one from last week. Nice. <laughs> Let's talk about last week. <laughs> <laughs> nice job, Joe. Let me talk about myself again. Um, <laughs> um, the, there's a quote from Elaine Heath, who wrote a book called The, the Mystic Way of Evangelism, um, where she, she dives into what Christian uh, mystics can teach us about how we live life and, and a new way of looking at evangelism. Um, and it says evangelism is intrinsically relational, uh, the outcome of love of neighbor for to love our neighbor is to show the love of God holistically 
the proper content or context for evangelism is authentic Christian community or the expression of loving community is the greatest apologetic for the gospel. Um, and this, this is a theme that kind of pushed my under one of many that has pushed my understanding of what evangelism maybe should, should look like. Um, and kind of, since we talked, um, already about the Winter Springs Art Festival yesterday. Um, that's a good example of, of how I was trying to, to put that ideal into play, that we didn't have any crafts or stations that specifically said, that, that said, hey, you're a sinner, you need to be saved, we have your attention now, build this craft that makes you realize that you need Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. But that it was created in that, that whole weekend, I only had one conversation with someone about what our church does and what our church believes um, at, at so the very beginning. Totally of the worth the sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> but because that's not what, even with the foundry, that doesn't seem like what we're trying to do. That mm-hmm. more of what we're trying to do is what uh, Elaine Heath talks about is create this authentic Christian community, this love of neighbor that we're not trying to pound people across the head with the Bible that we're trying to say, look at this way of life, this way of living where we are trying to pour in goodness uh, into these situations where we are trying to create a place where the community can come together to build stronger bonds within itself. We are being this place to be authentic and to be loving and to be in the presence of each other. And that is being the presence of God. That is, that is what, what we're trying to show a glimpse of God's kingdom in our world today. I think next time, Next next art festival, when you're doing the craft, instead of doing like planting and painting stuff, coloring stuff, you should just get, everybody gets like a little sterno jar thing. And then you build little figures, like little wood figures that like out of popsicle sticks that look like people. And, set them and then you soak them in water overnight. And then they get to attempt to burn the person over the sterno can. And you get to <laughs> tell them that this is... This is what hell's like. They're not actually burning up. It's just a lot of hurt and pain. And I think it's a great idea. I mean, why go with community when you can just threaten people? It's way easier. It is. It is easy. It is easier. It is faster to say, here are six half sentences about how you can get to heaven rather than actually changing everything about our lives to create. Well, I think- isn't, isn't it an interesting statement that like, I mean, we we talk about like tweetable statements, but long before Twitter, you know, we were trying to shorten things and make things succinct and memorable and catchy. And like, isn't it an interesting statement about us that we would rather do that than have an hour long conversation with somebody? Yeah. You know? And I, th- I think the, uh, that's why I think the 5k thing is, is a great picture of kind of what we're about because to me that almost encapsulates the four essential relationships we've been talking about for God's intended reality where it gives people an opportunity to be healthier. Um, You create this sense of community in what you're doing and you're raising funds to help, you know, uh, our mission or whatever. And, and you're getting outside on this beautiful trail. It's, you know what I'm saying? Like 
So to me, that that is creating, in theory, the picture of everything you know, like that lady's talking about, saying like, oh, like we're trying to create something that inspires or draws people in to look. Life can be different. You can be better. Mm-hmm. We can create a better world. Like, so I I really like that about what we're doing in in theory. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. always work out exactly, well, and that's but. and that's the that's the incarnational gospel right thing. I mean, that's you know that's that's the idea that it's it's not just something we talk about and make a decision in our heads about, but yeah. it's something that we step into and live out yeah. in in every aspect of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my one from last week. Sure, <laughs> go for it. Okay. No, I do have, I actually thought, <laughs> because we were talking about how do we carry out the creation thing and yeah. what are some practices, and I, we went on this long rants about whatever we think it should be, and then I was like, the other day I was thinking about it for some stupid reason, like, just buy like a reusable water bottle. Like, that's simple practice. Like <laughs> That is a simple practice, yeah. That is beneficial, like. Mm-hmm. You could that, get them at Ross for like $1. Yeah. That, that was all. I thought Yeah, that could have simplified that whole conversation. Yeah, super practical. Like me, for example, using this throwaway <laughs> cup that I got from a... <laughs> it's paper. You can recycle it. Probably. Uh, yeah, yeah. Probably. Um, well, that's... I this think lid that's is also recyclable, but you have to poke through the recycled logo with your straw. Oh, so now if you didn't catch that before you did that, you might not know or realize that that mm. picture of recycling has been... Stabbed, uh, maybe by another just, piece of, uh, of, of non-recyclable yeah. plastic. Yeah, <laughs> no, may, they're, I, I think they're just trying to get you to act out how they feel about recycling. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's going to do it for today. We're we're a bit over an hour. Um, thank you guys for the discussion. I, I yeah, I shared this with with a couple of you, but I, I, as as I was walking off stage and going back to like put away my microphone and stuff. Uh, one of our band members said, well, how, how do you feel? And I said, well, you know, about how I always feel after I preach. And she said, oh, tired. And I said, well, yeah, but also, like, I've already thought of, you know, four or five things I wish I had said differently and should have said. And, you know, so I, I appreciate the uh, the discussion. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's good stuff. Um, anything coming up we need to be letting people know about, either church members or podcast listeners who are not church members? Trunk or treat? Trunk yeah. or treat, yeah. Trunk or treat. treat will happen. If you're local to our area, or I mean, honestly, if you're anywhere within here, what did we say last week? St. Paul, St. Minnesota. Paul, yeah. So yeah, any, anywhere within a radius of here to St. Paul, Minnesota, um, Friday, October 29th. Times? I forgot. Six to eight. Six to eight. the actual trunk or treat. Uh, we're going to set up a trunk get here at like five. Yeah. And let us know you're coming so we time. make sure we have a spot for you. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's coming up uh, for our church. My radishes are coming up. Oh, you know, um, is that what you're passing out? No, Ooh. just oh, you asked what was coming up in my garden. I had a very bad experience trying to make a radish salad once. Yeah, I don't like them. They're spicy. I just wanted them. Yeah. They're super spicy. They're spicy. Um, Halloween is also coming up, and it's on a Sunday this year. So I I don't know. Do you guys think I need to like? get clearance to have the worship team in costume that day. Who would you clear that with other than yourself? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Patty and Doug might get mad. Well I think all of the kids 
most <laughs> of the kids are going to come with costumes on. Could so, be. I think certain costumes would maybe be frowned upon, but most costumes, I think, would be fine. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. Celebrating All Hallows Eve on church, on the hallowed church grounds. <laughs> it, it is a it is Layers a of hollow. Yeah, like in liturgical type churches, it's a feast day. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, that's coming up. Only and, if you uh, dress like a bumblebee. Our <laughs> our uh, our next series on common uh, starts this week. Um, how's that sermon coming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's out there. It's, uh, it's formulating. It's formulating. It's percolating on its own. I've put it on simmer. You, you already have it written since you didn't have to write a sermon on Sunday. You yeah, last week, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I don't want to spoil it, though. <laughs> I don't want to give anything away. We'll get all the details at production. I like to keep you in yeah. suspense. <laughs> I like to keep us all in suspense. Uh, if, if you're still listening, if you're still watching, thanks for sticking with us. Um, for the other ministers, I'm Joe. I'm Hank. I'm Hunter. And we'll be all up in your ear holes next time. That's the wrong song. I did that. Oh, man. I did that last time, too, didn't I? There we go.